And that's all people want to learn now. They just want to learn how to audition and get the job. Yeah. They don't, no one wants to study the craft anymore. I mean, I think when Wynn Handman passes away, um, I think, I don't, and I'm pretty much in the know. I don't know anybody in the city that teaches like him anymore. I mean, he, there's he, no one that's going to replace him as a, as a, just an independent acting teacher. I don't think so. You know, and cause there's so many issues there. So many things that are holding people back, even if you want it to do it. The most obvious one is rent. Right. It's rent. Well, it's, yeah, you know, it's so funny. I was just talking to um, several people about this, you know, you almost need a support system to be a professional actor, at least in the beginning, before you kind of get the wheels going. I mean, as a, as a teacher or as an actor? As an actor. You know, if you move to, to New York City, um, you know, to be an actor, like we did, you know, um, it, I, it helps to have support. It helps to have people who, oh, okay, um, you know, particularly when you have to beg off work to go audition, go get, you know, go to a callback, and that means you can't, you know, go to your gig or whatever you were going to do to make money that day, you know? Um, yeah, rent, rent. I mean, it's all those things that come together, but it's not just rent now. I mean, you've not, you know, for every bucket of money you put into New York City, I feel like you probably take a bucket out, right? I mean, I think a really important thing, something that I always had is, I, I think every actor, you have to have a goal, you know, because right. it really keeps you laser focused because it gets, it gets really easy to get lost in the minutia of what the city is, you know? You know, like, oh, I'm not booking work, I'm, you know, I'm unemployed, I'm, I haven't had an audition. I mean, th this whole acting beast of a monologue. And then you start that imposter syndrome, right? God, I'm just, I'm not good enough, and I don't look at the way I look, and look at that guy, he looks 10 times more handsome than me, and we're up at the same part, and all yeah, that bullshit. And, so, and if you don't, and if you, you can get lost in that stuff, man, and you can get really depressing, and it starts all these voices. But, I mean, I think, and I've always done this, I've always, my mom taught me this, you know, I have always saved money. And so I've always, years ago, she would always say, you know, you have to save at least 5% of everything that you get. So I always did that. So whatever paycheck I had, I would always take 5% and I'd put it away. And I did that with my, with my kids. And I did that on every, in every acting gig that I get, every residual check that, I, that comes in, I take 10% and I put it away into the, into the market. It's not about really becoming rich. I think the pressure as an actor is feels when you have nothing to show for what you're doing. Right. right? So, so if Other you than the experience, which is well, great, it's phenomenal, but it's, I think if, especially if you're young, if you take, let's say you're just doing extra work, if you take 10% right. of that or 5% of that and just put it away and you don't touch it for the year. Right. Then you have a little nest egg. Right. And then you repeat that process. So then it looks like you're not, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not fighting at zero. It looks like you're making something, right? It looks like you've got a little bit, let's say you save, I don't know, 1500 bucks at the end of the year, right? You don't touch it. That's the thing is you can't touch it. You can't touch it. You know, even when you want to, whatever you say, I, I, that money's for the end of the year. Then that allows you one, it takes pressure off of you. You feel like you're succeeding. You feel like you're not failing because you feel like, you know, you're making money and you're putting money away and you're building a life, so to say. And it's hard because a lot of actors don't do that. And I think, I think I got that from, I mean, I was a double major when I was in college. So I always had a business sense, you know, because mm -hmm. I always thought, because I didn't do acting like you did. I didn't go to performing school, right? So I sucked in college. So, so I thought this is, I'm getting a free scholarship. I'm just going to write the thing for as long as I can, because I know it's going to end for me pretty soon. Someone is pretty soon going to unveil the Wizard and Wizard of Oz and say, 
Aha! Right. Ah. I knew it! I knew you weren't an actor! You're a fraud, sir! <laughs> yeah. Close the curtain! Close the curtain! You know? Yeah, move along, move along. Move along, yeah, exactly. So, um, so I, I mean, I think that's, that, that's an important thing, you know, I and mean, I think- Well, that served, I think that served you very well. And I think you're right. I think most uh, artists in general don't have any, uh, a lot of, or very much uh, business training, you know? Um, yeah. Even something simple like that, like take five to 10% of your, everything you earn and invest it. I mean, I, I think that that's, that's a simple thing if you've been in, you know, investment management of, of any sort, but as an actor, no one ever tells you that. I mean, you don't go through any kind of business training. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't have any business courses. Yeah, it's only when you get out and you have to go to the lions that you're like, oh, wait, I don't have any of these skills, you know? Right. So who, who does, who can I learn them from? Or, you know, how can I develop them on my own? Which, you know. I've talked yeah. to a lot of actors about that. I said, no, look, I'm the last person I should teach a finance class. I'm just saying, you know. Well, I mean, you business for actors class. I've taken those. I mean, you, you would be perfect teaching those, Doug. I remember taking one and she was just, she, she I mean, I, I can literally say about three things that she said that I've heard you say over the years that you're probably really good at. And she was too. One of them was just this uh, individual letter writing. Yeah. You know, I'm going to write a personal letter to you. Right. And, you know, here's what I'm after. Be very specific about it. And she would do, um, you know, if she was in a show, which that was, you know, her calling card. She was a... Um, you know, Broadway regional actress. And so she would be in a show and she say, she would look around and go, oh, you know, you know what, what, what I should do next is this show being done here by these people. And I'd be great for this part. And she'd be very specific about it and write the director or casting, whoever was casting a letter and say, listen, I'm in this show now, you know, bing, I'm, I have credentials. I would be perfect for that role in that show that you're doing. And just would reach out to people like that. And immediately when she said that, I was like, oh, my, I think I've heard that before from a friend of mine uh, who's really good at that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I used to do that when I was in Houston, um, you know, even before I came to New York. I would, yeah. I'd get on the uh, Austin casting database and write letters. And I, w I would give crappy roles and crappy films, but it was the start. <laughs> but what I learned right off the bat is I thought, and again, you know, my mom is the one who kind of, I wouldn't say, she, you know, it's funny, your parents teach you a couple things that there's always maybe two or three lessons that your parents have taught you. Most of the stuff is crap. You learn on your own, you know, but there's always two or three good lessons that you remember from your parents. Absolutely. And one was my mom. She would, my dad, a couple, but my mom, she'd always say, you have to wake up early in the morning to learn your, to, to study school, right? So she was the first one to, who exposed me to waking up at six o'clock in the morning to study. And I, and that's been a, one of the, that's been a hallmark of my life, always waking up early in the morning. Um, and then the second one, she said, you know, write people letters. Cause if you write people letters, um, mm. it, it feels more personable. Um, and instead of calling them, and this is before we had really email was really taken off. So I would write these crappy typewritten letters out, you know, with a typewriter dude. I mean, that's, that's old school. Yeah, 1995, 1996. <laughs> oh, I made a mistake. White out, the old white out. Yeah. But, nice. you know, people, letters make you, and to this day, I think it's even, what's even more interesting is that to this day, and I tell this to young actors, I coach some, lo the local high school here at Hoboken, and every, every once in a while, university, when I perform the play, if there's a university, they'll ask me to give an acting workshop or a business workshop, so to say. Right. And I tell them, 
writing letters to this day is even more relevant because no one does it. Right. You separate yourself from the pack if you write a handwritten letter, right? Because everyone's sending emails out, you know, or a text message, you know, and it's, it's the old thing, you know, people won't remember what you say, they won't remember what you do, but they'll remember how you make them feel, mm. right? Mm. And letters have this power of when you open a letter and you open it up. In fact, this is one that's going out right now to a producer who helped me produce The American Soldier. Um, but when you open a letter and you say, hey, you know, thanks for, it, it separates you from, an e from everybody who's sending you emails. Yeah, I would think particularly even, like you said, even more so in today's age, yeah. you know? Um, where it, people are much more impersonal than they were when we started out, um, and those are all and those are all the skills, you know, the, and the basic skills. It's a, it's a communications relationship business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, kind of going back to what we were talking about, yeah, I don't think many people care to study acting anymore. Um, I mean. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know where the business is. I mean, I know, I mean, I know young people are still going to college to study acting, you know, but you know, those true, I mean, Wynn's class was really special, you know, um, it was like one, when I first started studying with him, it was in Carnegie hall and you worked mm -hmm. on classic plays, you know, Steinbeck, Tennessee Williams, uh, you know, Arthur Miller, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's just the classics, you know, everybody you can think of, you know, uh, Shaw, you know, and, and if you weren't working on it, you were watching other people working on the material, you know, Pinter, you know, I mean, these Lansford Wilson, all these, I mean, you can probably grab actors right now and they probably won't even know who the heck Lance, Lansford Wilson is. Sad, but you're right. You're right. You know, you They're going to know. Um, well, I mean, a lot, you know, like if you move to the city and you, you're basically trained um, and you're trying to get your career started, um, yeah, you're going to Actors Connection and all these places to, you know, try to network with these agents and get in front of them for the first time and put your best foot forward. And yeah, I, I don't think people are thinking about the craft as much anymore. No. Like what, what matters is that I'm a successful actor, not that I'm, you know, practicing honing my craft on a daily basis sometimes. Um, yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's a generalization. I don't know, you know, um, yeah, but I think, you, could be. Uh, but I, yeah, but it's, uh, a, I mean, it, it, I mean, when I first started acting in Manhattan, you literally had a plethora of choices. I love that word plethora. Plethora. You know where plethora come from? Uh, I've, uh, yes. From, from the Greek pleth, meaning oh. Oh, no. many. I don't have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. What does it come from? The three amigos. <laughs> When you say you have a plethora, do you know what a plethora means? Oh, from Three Amigos? Three Amigos. Why? Three Amigos. That's right. <laughs> Why, El Wapo? Well, if you say you have a plethora of petunias, I want to know if you know what a plethora of petunias is. <laughs> Forgive me my intellect, but I am not as intelligent as you. <laughs> wow. It's been a, been a while since I visited that scene. That's great, man. You could got, it, got that. Could it be that you're a little upset? <laughs> turning forty. Say, my friend. Oh, I played the Remember that now? Hey, I played the Americans are coming. It's such a fucking uh, my favorite scene in the fucking. I love that scene. But yeah, you know, there was you had a wide range of choices to study with, and real, um, old school trained 
teacher director slash directors, you know, you know, right. from, you know, you had Wynn Hanman, Will, William Esper, you know, you have the Terry Schreiber school. I mean, that school's still going on, but Terry Schreiber was teaching it, you know, uh, uh, you just had a, so many, you know, right. you so if, you, if you didn't vibe with one particular person, yeah, hey, there's somebody else that you can connect with a little bit more that maybe what for whatever reason. That's right. how I found yeah. Tim Phillips. You know, I was in Wynn's Hammond's yeah. class for a while and I wanted something new for a while. And then mm-hmm. someone said, hey, you should try this guy named Tim Phillips. He talked out of his apartment and he's a, he's a Meisner guy and he knows Wynn. And, and I used to go to his apartment and there was, he had a full class, dude. Right on Broadway, dude. I remember when I first got into town, you were taking his class and I went a few times. Yeah. And, uh, and that's how we, you know, ended up. It was, the worst, together. it was the worst class to take at night, too, though. Because you'd be sitting in a couch, right? Oh, those couches would put you to sleep, man. You just, okay, I got to go. Act. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you just, you just, you know, it was, it was the worst. It's the worst when you're trying to stay awake and like this, this wave of just sleeping pills coming over you. Oh, it's almost better just to let yourself fall asleep for like two minutes, you know, just to get that burst. You're like, okay, I'm all right. But it's so heavy. I mean, you, he was going to call you out every time, you know, he wasn't going to let you just like sleep in his class. Sleep in his class. No, you had to like, do your hat, like pull the hat down, you know, kind of. Can I get you a pillow, Austin? I mean, Foster, can I get you a pillow? I love one. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Thank Thank you, Tim. And I'll please, I'd like to crawl around on the ground like a, like a dog too. That'd be. (laughs) Did we wake you, (laughs) Foster? Yeah, no. No, no, I was here. I was here the whole time. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I think, I think, you know, we were just talking about this and most, I think actors come to the city trained, like they're decent actors, but they don't have a lot of the, the business training, you know, and that takes years to develop, you know, I think, I think a business class for actors somewhere. We'll close it up here in a minute, yeah. but we'll close it on you. But what have you found? What's, you've been in the city pretty much on and off now, I would say 15 years right? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. What, what, what's been the biggest positive takeaway that you've taken away from being a, a working actor in New York? Uh, I, I will just say that uh, you, know, you get out of it what you put into it, you know, and that um, when you come ready and you come prepared and there's nothing else that you want to do, you, you know, and you have the support that you need, you get, you get the most out of it. And it's something you said. I mean, it's really, and a lot of people talk about this, but you know, it's all up here. So whatever's going on up here is pretty much what dictates it. So you come, you're fresh, you're eager, you're hungry, you're ready, like give it to me, you know, boom, 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 you're doing it. That's about seven years, you know, you, uh, you know, you start to think differently about it. And so, you know, my, my biggest takeaway is, is honestly just, it is what you think about it. And that's it. You know, do you want it? What do you mean? If you, you want it. What do you mean? Can you unpack that? What do you mean? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's like um, when you're sitting there before you go into audition, you know, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about, how, you know, how you're not good enough, all this imposter syndrome stuff? I'm not saying it's just between your ears, your, what you think about the business is what you're going to get out of it. You know, if you think, Oh, you know, here's a, I never get this. And I don't even just all those like mental bullshit things that happen in your head. Um, if you can clear out that noise to me, that's, 
I don't know, 80%. You know, I mean, the rest of it is not up to you anyway. Well, I mean, I look, my, to me, Tim's phrase is the best. You know, you don't audition for the role because you're not going to get it you right. for your job. And it's very true because I say it all the time. Is, you know, you're, what you're trying to do is go into the casting office, have a good audition, and get on a list to come back again. And get on as many right. lists as you possibly can to keep coming back because eventually you will book. But that audition that you want to book, you're not going to book. Right. Uh, right. And just... And, and you know that, and so that takes a lot of discipline. You know that takes a lot of consistency, just in terms of the way you think about it. You know, so that every day you're waking up optimistic, hopeful. You know what I mean? Ready, hungry. It, that's just hard to sustain. Would you say that you learned that later, like staying hungry, staying more focused later as you've been in the city? Or well, I've I, I would say that I've learned now. Yeah, like okay you're getting into a place mentally where you're only going to cause harm to yourself, you know, <laughs> basically like you're only derailing yourself with this thinking, you know, but I never went to like a high performing art school or anything. Right. I just, um, yeah. I mean, I think there's some advantage to, you get uh, to having more of a disciplined business background, honestly, as you go forward and you keep going, um, well, you better, you better make yourself comfortable with failure. Right. I mean, and you, I think that's better. Yeah. You, well, better, you better make yourself comfortable with it or, or yeah. I mean, or that's just going to destroy you over time. You're just not going to be able to. That must've been tough for you because you come from a high performance art school, you know? So you're like, well, you know, I went to, you know, my, my experience is interesting because I mean, after about three or four years of training, you're pretty much as an actor, you're, you know, you're either, you're either trained or you're not, you either can do it or you can after that period of time. And I wanted a, I wanted a big college. I mean, I wanted a big college experience after that kind of intense high school conservatory experience almost. So I went to the University of Texas in Austin. Which and has I, a really good department. And, and this is the other part of, uh, of acting training too. It's like you have to have life experience as well. You know, it's not just enough to be a good actor. It's, an, you know, part of that is like, okay, life experience makes you a better actor grows you as a as an artist and so you know i spent four years in college just kind of i don't know living life you know it was less very less about acting training i was about the same actor like i when i left university of texas is when i came in i yeah, I, well, I didn't but, wasn't you're, getting, but when you go to a high performance art school you're kind of already yeah i was ready i know i was ready to go well, no this, your own. Like, already at 18 you know to go to go to you should go to la like if you're ready at 18 you got the mental right, you feel already i mean you already you feel, want to be in film, you should go at 18. you feel already like i'm already good i'm in a high performance art school and then i go to ut so it's got to be tough because there's expectations when you that you put on yourself when you're coming out from those two stages right Oh, oh, a hundred percent. Oh, a hundred percent. But I mean, you know, I was always never, I was never that good at auditioning. I was ne even in college, I would have really just like, m like blow the doors out, amazing auditions. And then the next one I would be just, I'd be in my head. I'd be anxious and it would just be a crap fest. And so <laughs> I've never been that good at auditioning. So even when I graduated and I First thing I did is I moved to Chicago because I had some friends there and I thought, oh, that'd be a good place to get started in the business. I would have wildly varying auditions. I'd have auditions that were, that were just incredible. And then the next day, I mean, I, like I had never, I couldn't speak a word. Like I had never done it in my life. And um, just that process of being a consistent auditioner was not something that you learn from 
you know, playing Hamlet. You don't, you know, that's, you, you get good at playing Hamlet. You get good at doing Shakespeare. You get good at acting in general. You don't necessarily get good at that auditioning technique, which is very specific. It's really a, it's a magic trick. And you have it to- really It really is. The magic yeah. trick that you have to kind of do it and there's little tricks of the trade you do and, and has nothing to do with your acting training. It has nothing to do. And once you get the role and then your acting training will kick in. But uh, I've always thought that, I've learned this late in my life that acting training really is designed for you to have enough tools to build the character that you need to build for the particular role, right? Like right. now I realize, okay, if I get this character, if I get this character, if I get this character, I can pull from little bits from different people to create what I'm trying to do and tell the story, right? Right, you, you've trained, you, you know how to do it. You, you know how to do the performance part of it. Right, but it's, college, it's, it's yeah. In college, they kind of make it seem like, okay, this is the system you're going to apply for every single role you do for the rest of your life. And it's not like that, really. No. It, it really is like Bruce Lee. You're going to use a tiny bit of it. There's only whatever training you got, there's only some of it that really resonates with you. The other bit, the other part of it, you're like, you know, you, you, don't, really, you don't resonate with it, right? And that's true with anything you learn from any teacher that you're only going to use a little bit and then apply to yourself. All right. We should close this down. All right, buddy. Uh, this is our first podcast. We're going to close this down. And um, this is one of 350. Sounds good. All right. So let me see how we turn this thing off. All right. Meeting. All right. I'm leaving this meeting. <laughs>